Hey guys, welcome to Reality Witch, a podcast where I, Jesse Nails, talk all things reality, witchy, and weird. Each week, I talk about pop culture news, our favorite shows, and of course, some witchy shit. Get ready for some laughs, hot takes, and horoscopes, and join this pop culture coven. Hello, witches. How are we? I'm doing fan-fucking-tastic. Um, so fantastic, as you can tell, you know, it's Wednesday. Wednesday is the one night of the week I need silence, or I would, I would prefer silence. Um, last week it was a bird, a very loud, rambunctious bird um, that just wouldn't shut the fuck up. I actually thought it was like a dying human. This week, it is the construction down the street. Now they do construction all day, working hours, morning until, you know, when people stop working. Five, six, I don't fucking know. You think they're done now? No. There's been like an electric nail gun, whatever the fuck they're called, just going off. Windows are closed, by the way. Everything's locked up. I have to sit in this fucking room sweating because this house doesn't have air conditioning. And like, it's not too hot right now, but like, this is what I have to do in the summer. Lock all the windows to try and keep some of the sound from outside. Outside. Doesn't work. This house is old as shit. The landlord's old as shit and refuses to replace anything. So that's a good segue into me telling you to go like and follow, rate and review this podcast. I need fucking reviews. I need this thing to pop the fuck off. I need more income in my life. I do this for you guys. Mostly for myself because I'm mentally ill and I need an outlet, but I also do it for everyone else that likes to listen. And I need a house. And I don't know if you've looked up the average cost of a house in Denver lately, but it's it's not cheap. Okay? not fucking cheap. And I just need, you know, a cool 100k saved in the bank in order to buy a house. And I'm about like I don't know, a tenth of the way there. So, you know, it's possible. It's possible to get there, but I need your help. So please go rate and review the podcast. It's like, you know that episode of Black Mirror? Where, like, you could rate someone, like, you walk down the street and you're like, she's fucking ugly and you gave her a bad rating. And then, like, in real time, and then if they had a bad rating, it just, like, ruined your life. Like, let's pretend that's real for for now. Honestly, it's going to be real in about three years. Let's pretend that's real right now. And, like, I need a good review to keep my life afloat. Um, By the way, Black Mirror is coming back for a new season. I'm fucking pumped. I... It's one of my favorite pastimes to get high as shit and watch that show and talk about how we all currently live in a Black Mirror episode. Um, but let's talk about my week, my weekend. Like I said in the last episode, I went to Brooklyn this past weekend for a cousin's wedding. It was so cute, so fun. It was like super small and like sweet and intimate. I haven't been to New York in fucking forever. Like in so long. And I've actually never been to Brooklyn. So it was a really cool, cool part of the city to see. Um, I got so drunk at the wedding. I don't know what happened. Like so classic. Like I don't remember seeing the entrees. And here's the weird part. I didn't black out. Alcohol is now doing this thing to my memory where it's like, I know for a fact I didn't black out because I remember bits and parts of it. And I did also didn't brown out. Like I just know 
For some reason, I just know I don't black out or brown out because I know those feelings. I hate those feelings. This is more of just legit memory loss. So I was talking to my fiance's cousin at the dinner table. The appetizers come out. They're great. We eat them. And then we start talking. And then all of a sudden, like dinners, we're all standing and like dancing and stuff. A little bit goes by and the cousin that I'm talking to is like, wait, like, was there food? Did we miss something? And her husband's like, yeah, like you guys were just fucking talking each other's faces off for the last hour, like so into each other talking that you completely missed all the food come out. And we're like, what? Really? Like, he's like, yeah, I ate a fucking pork chop. Like, the fact that there were pork chops on the table and I, we have no memory of it is wild. So, like, I just don't know what happened. And, like, by the way, like, this was right after the ceremony. Like, there wasn't time to get turned. Like, in the hotel room, I had some Prosecco. Like, that doesn't really count. And then we did the old college uh, strategy of putting vodka in an empty water bottle. And I took, like, honestly, I think I only took, like, two sips out of that. And I don't take big sips of that shit. Like, I can barely do a whole shot in one sitting. So, like, I just, like, don't know what fucking happened. I think the problem is that the drinks either had tequila or wine in them. And that's a surefire way to get anybody fucked up. Um, But, you know, I just love how, like... I'm just like, I'm like, I don't know how I got it. I don't know how it happened. I don't know how I got this drunk. I can tell you how it fucking happened. Clearly, I drank too much. I just am always shocked because some days I can drink fucking every alcoholic beverage in a liquor store and be fine. And some days I have three beers and I can't remember an entree at a wedding. But either way, that just means he had a good time, I guess. Um, so then it was a Friday wedding. So Saturday, we walked all around Brooklyn just exploring. Uh, Kyle and I were near death, but the walking helped. You know, I always say you got to keep moving. My friends hate when I say that, but they know I'm right. You got to keep moving. When you're hungover, you cannot lay on the couch. You just can't. It makes it worse. I don't care if you have to clean an already clean house. You have to keep moving. It's the only way to, to beat it. Um. So we did like a lot of walking Saturday just because like we just walked out of our hotel and just fucking kept walking and then we had to walk all the way back. And um, my hip immediately felt like there was cement in there, it, which is frustrating. Like I, like, I don't understand. Why am I killing myself six to seven days a week in workout classes if it means walking a few extra miles around the city will take me out? It's unbelievable. I feel like they're like, I feel like my hip is like crunchy. So I went to the chiropractor today. Thank God. She fucking stretched out my hip. It usually makes it feel better. Usually makes it feel sore for a little bit, but then ultimately like a lot better. So I'm looking forward to having that work. I'm going to go out there and fucking stab this construction worker in the face. Like, excuse me, sir. Do you know what's happening down the street in that small office? With the closed windows, high production podcast is what's happening. Um, But we did get back Sunday, which was nice. That's the positive thing about a Friday wedding. You know, it's like if I was as hungover as I was on Saturday, like on a Sunday on a plane, I probably would have died or started just crying. 
oh and i of course had to take like a shit like some emodium saturday so i just didn't like shit myself walking around which like this is the life of a 32 year old like i'm hungover like i feel like i could shit every three seconds and i just can't risk that in a city that doesn't look like it has a lot of public toilets so i had to take an emodium to stop that up but like i said we got back early it was so it was nice we had the whole day did some yard work got like our little patio ready outside which is always nice we have like a big sale in our backyard so like we can sit outside in the summer um and then you know then it's groundhog's day all again back to work every day is the fucking same you wake up maybe i work out i make breakfast i check my emails i pretend i don't want to fucking kill myself and i do it all again the next day great that's why I have this to to keep me busy to to get a little pep in my week. You know, I keep saying if I keep working towards this, if I keep motivating myself, if I keep putting out content, something has to happen, right? I, I haven't quit yet. Like, I'm not doing that thing that people do, and they're like, I just don't know why I'm not successful. Yet. I don't know why nothing's happened yet, but they put out like three episodes and like literally or don't do anything else or like not even podcasters but just like anything like i don't know why no one's like why i'm not a famous artist yet it's like well you've painted one thing like i've put some fucking work into this oh my god sorry you guys might not even be able to hear it i can hear everything in these headphones which might also be the problem um but like i just put in a lot of work so i'm hoping i'm not hoping that's not how we manifest here people i am successful and this is a successful podcast and my hard work will get me where I want to get. Honestly, I think what's going to happen is like at the end of the day, I don't like I have ideas for like my own like media company which would ultimately just be like a dream. But obviously building your own media company, you have to like build your own following like it's not like people with like dear media or iHeartRadio. like i mean obviously if they trust me if they sell send me an email i'm accepting but like they are with their media company and they kind of work for them i mean it's not like it's not like your shitty boss like i don't think it's like that but i'm just saying that's their media company and they have podcasts under them i would could see myself with my own media company with podcasts under my media company so that's what i'm telling myself i'm like you know what maybe just maybe that's what what's holding out i just need to get that going so if my friends john i'm talking to you could start these podcasts um we can really build something here people okay we can Okay. Oh, and then I do have laser tomorrow, which is nice. So I'm really getting the works here this week. The body's getting prodded, stretched, poked, and lasered all around. But let's just dive into today. That's all I got for you for the intro. And what's on the fucking show? For news, we're going to talk about the BBMAs, Dr. Jen and Ryan divorce. There's some TikTok drama with Bobby Brown. For shows, we're going to talk about Mama June, and we're going to do a full recap of Plathville. That's kind of why I kept the intro a little short, because um, we're going to do like a full recap, not just talk about it. Welcome to Plathville. And then, of course, the witchy shit. All right, let's just get this bullshit out of the way. You know, I try to keep this podcast light. 
as light as I can. But if you've been listening to me for a while, there's just always certain things that I just can't be quiet about. I just can't be quiet about. I got to get my voice out there because I just have to. I can't pretend that it's like not happening. So let's talk about this fucking crazy white supremacist douchebag Peyton Gendron. I don't even know that's how you fucking say that stupid name. He shot 13 people, most of them whom are black, and killed 10 this past week when he went into the grocery store in a low-income, primarily black neighborhood. Fucking live-streamed it, because that's all these people want, is fucking clout, even if it means they're dead. Like, they just want the fame, they want people to know their name, and they think they're doing us a real big favor by doing what they're doing. Well, it's coming out that he also did the classic serial killer move of abusing animals. He went on his Discord and, again, posted this post about how he described slicing up a feral gray tabby cat. He chased the cat around for hours and would just, like, give it a stab every once in a while until it was dead. He described this torture. It was fucking awful. Like, tortured this cat like it was sick he beheaded the cat and it was like the purest definition of overkill like he was stabbing it so much the cat's blood was all over his face and there's a photo of it so like i said this was all on discord and of course got taken down but it got taken down because like you know people saw it and were like hey this isn't this doesn't seem right you know He explains in the video that he didn't feel anything, and he really thought he would feel something after killing a cat, but he just, he didn't. He didn't feel a goddamn thing. And I just want to say, like, hey, if your kid's doing this shit, I don't care if it's a fucking field mouse, you do something about it. Torturing animals is not fucking normal. It's not a phase. It's not, oh, they're just curious. That is the first thing kids do because they can't, it's, that's the first kill they do. That's what gets them off. And then after a while, killing the animals don't really do it for them anymore. They got to go to humans. So, like I said, if your kid, like this shit's avoidable. It is avoidable. Like, obviously, you know, the access to guns is insane. But, you know, this country values things. They value objects over humans. Um, You know, this country values guns over humans. They value the right to bear arms over humans. It's it's absurd. And when you see a psychopath doing the things that this kid did in his spare time, you have to do something about it. Like, because it results in shit like this. He knew he was going to die and he didn't care. That's the thing. These people don't care if they die. They, they kill themselves after this. So, that's, so it's like, you have to stop them while you can. Like you have, I don't care if it's your fucking son that you love. I don't care if it's a member of your family. You fucking send them away and get them help. So yeah, we just, you know, it's, we just don't value humans. And it brings me into the women's rights thing. Like, you, they people claim to value a clump of cells over a woman. They value something that isn't even born yet on this earth over a woman, a living, breathing, working woman. They value something that hasn't contributed to society, doesn't have a family, doesn't have a life over the woman. And it's fucking bullshit. And this country is fucking trash. And everyone's like, why don't you want to have kids? I wonder fucking why. 
I wonder why I don't want to have fucking kids. Besides the fact that I'm poor and, you know, I still need to go to Europe and travel and shit and I'd like to buy a house. You know, we talked about me buying a house in the beginning of this podcast. Why the fuck would I want to bring a kid into this world? The climate crisis is out of control. Everyone's pretending it's not existing. The economy is fucking crashing at a rapid rate and people are still shooting black people and women are going to have to start having illegal abortions in alleyways in a few months here. That's why I don't have a fucking kid. Because this country is fucking trash. And I know what everyone's saying. It's the best country. Fine, go somewhere else. Okay, I get it. There's a lot of shittier countries out there. But we keep claiming we're the best one. We're number one. We're free. Fuck freedom. No one's fucking free. If freedom existed, I could go run outside with my tits out and not get arrested. This isn't a fucking free country, so stop pretending like it is. But if we're going to act like, you know, the richest country, most well-developed country in the world, then we need to start acting like it. Okay, motherfuckers? Okay, well, that's it. That's that's the downer, okay? Moving on. Let's talk about the BBMAs. (laughs) First, we're going to talk about Machine Gun Kelly. Now, you guys know, guys know I love him. He's my number one. I love him and Megan. I love Megan. Megan's a fucking weirdo, but she's also really smart and funny and interesting. And people just continue to hate on them. I just, I guess, again, because I'm just so used to guys being pieces of shit in this world, like not necessarily to me, but just like people in general. Like, I don't know why the PDA is so bad to people. Like, God forbid they fucking like each other. Everyone's like, I'm so thick of them. They need to stop. Why? Maybe it's good for the younger generation to see two people like touching each other and in love. Even if you think it's fake, it's good to see. It's nice to see. And the same people that hate on like Pete and Kim are the same people that want her to get back with Kanye, who's an abusive, mentally ill motherfucker who would like barely touch her. Or like if he held her hand, it's because he's pulling her like she's a fucking dog on a leash. Like, how about we need to like. We're still in a world where, like, misogyny is a thing. So how about we, like, build up the men that treat the women like queens, maybe? You know, in a world of Chris Pratt's or, like, I don't know, Tom Cruise's. I don't know. Who's a really bad one? Like, let's build up the MGKs and the Pete Davidsons, okay? Like, it's not that deep. And his performance was really good. He dedicated the performance to Megan and their unborn child. For those that don't know, um, Twin Flame is a song on Machine Gun Kelly's new album. He wrote the first half of it, like, before they were even, like, dating. It was a really, it was, like, probably, like, a year and a half ago. Um, And she was going to, I think, Europe for, for, like, a movie or to film something. She was doing something. And he was really nervous that she was just going to, like, leave him while she was over there. And so he wrote a song for her and, like, sang it to her before she left. I mean, come on. Come on. So then, like, flash forward, it's pretty much been confirmed, especially this performance, that Megan was pregnant and had a miscarriage. There's a heartbeat in the song. If you listen to the album, that's supposed to, I don't know if it's the real heartbeat of the baby but it's supposed to like represent the heartbeat of the baby and he wanted to write a song about him and Megan going through like that painful process of losing their baby and he added it on it didn't seem right to him to have it as a separate song like he just couldn't make it work so he added it on to 
Twin Flame, the song he wrote to Megan, and that's where we get this beautiful song. I feel like I just blacked out when explaining that, but it's actually a really pretty song, and I think it's sweet, and I like the performance, but I figured I'd give that little insight, because if you're not a fan of his, you're like, wait, my unborn child, like, does that mean Megan's pregnant now? Um, I would like to, you know, I would like for them to wait a little bit <laughs> and get pregnant. I mean, thank God the tour's already planned. You know, I, I'm nervous she's going to get pregnant and then like, it's going to, he's going to be done for a little bit. And, you know, I just don't know if I'm mentally and emotionally ready for that. So, um, you know, I'm hoping maybe that just, they just, they just waited out a little bit. Another thing that happened at the BBMAs was Kara Devlin was a fucking freak. I mean, full-blown weirdo. So she showed up with Meg the Stallion. I've heard multiple things. I've heard, you know, they're friends. I've heard she went as like Meg's like assistant slash like, I don't fucking know what. Like, it's very confusing to me because Meg the Stallion looked annoyed as shit all night. And maybe it's because she didn't realize Kara Devlin would show up fucked up on God knows what and get and be in her face all night. But it seemed very strange. So Kara was like hopping around the red carpet and she was like throwing up like the back of Meg's dress so that like when they took photos of her, it looked like it was like in the air. And like at first it was like cute. It was like, yes, like everyone find yourself a friend like Kara, like women supporting women. And then you would like look to Kara and you're like, "Mm, something's not right. The tongue kept coming out of the mouth, like, and not like in like, I don't know, like a fun way. It's like, it was like a constant tongue out the mouth. Like, and then like all the way out. And then sometimes it was like flapping. I said, I said, made a TikTok. I was like, her tongue was like flapping in the wind. It was disgusting. And then she was doing it inside and she was like, like Doja Cat and Meg Thee Stallion were like talking and she like butted in the conversation. And like, she was just so uncomfortable and so weird and definitely on one. I mean, everyone's talking about it. Like if you Google it, it's everywhere. So I started to do like, you know, what drug is this bitch on? Um, honestly, it exuded. I need to stop saying exuded because that's not a word. It's it exuded, but ex, exuded. I guess it's exuded. Doesn't exube sound better with a B? Whatever. She exuded behaviors of being on Molly, in my opinion. She was doing a lot of tongue and mouth action, and to me, that's a Molly. That's a Molly gal. But she has these bright blue eyes, and when I looked at her eyes, usually when you're on Molly, your pupils get to be the size of, like, pennies. You have no color in your eye if you're on Molly. (laughs) So, like, I mean, I don't know. The only other explanation literally is, like, cocaine. And she's been known to drop a bag of cocaine in front of paparazzi before. Like, and everyone's saying, too, like, everyone knows she does it. Like, if you live in New York or wherever the fuck she lives, you know she does cocaine. It's just like, even some people were commenting on my TikTok. They're like, that's not like how you act on cocaine though. And I'm like, I mean, I agree. Like maybe she's on a lot of it. Maybe she's on some strong shit. I don't fucking know. But I feel like, look, she's like very interesting. I think I didn't know this. I saw a TikTok again of her life and she comes from like a very like well-to-do family. I think from like London. So like, there's a lot I didn't know about her. I will say though, like, yes, you get girls, girl, but then I'm also like, does she just like latch on to the it girl at the time to get her fucking face out there? You know what I mean? Like, 
yes, like she had a successful modeling career herself. She still does. And she did some acting, but then it's like, okay, now you're up Taylor Swift's ass. Now you're up Kendall Jenner's ass. Now you're up Bella Hadid's ass. And then you're up Oh my god, who was the other? There's another rapper. She was like in her face like a couple like a little bit ago at a concert on stage. Like and now she's with Meg the Stallion. It's like this just like doesn't seem right to me, but she looked like a lunatic. Dr. Jen from the Real Housewives of OC and Ryan, aka Ryan, aka Orange Ryan, are getting divorced. Now, most people aren't surprised, and I'm not really that surprised either. However, I listened to Kate Casey and Kate Casey is friends with her. She calls her Jenny and because that means they're close. Um, And she was just on recently and they all, I mean, don't get me wrong. She's not going to go on a podcast, one of the most popular podcasts and start talking shit about her husband and telling her she's getting a divorce. But it's almost like they did overkill and like talked about him and talked about their marriage. Like it was like perfect. And like Kate Casey was like talking about how great he was and like how great they are together. And she's so glad they made it work. And it's like, and again, I'm sure like she could have kept this a secret from everybody, including Kate, her friend Kate Casey. So maybe she didn't know either. But it was just that's like what's bizarre to me is like, holy shit, like three weeks ago, you were literally just talking about like how everything's great. And then but clearly not because like you just don't get you don't get divorced that quickly. So but should be interesting. I have no idea what's happening to Real Housewives of OC. I don't know if it's coming back. I don't know if they know it's coming back. I mean, everyone's saying Dr. Jen was boring as fuck. They don't want her back. So we'll see what happens, but they're donezo. And I mean, allegedly Ryan's successful in his business, but Dr. Jen was the breadwinner there. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. All right. There's some more TikTok drama and this time it involves Bobby Brown, the famous makeup artist and creator and a makeup influencer, Meredith Duxbury. I don't know if I'm saying that last name right. And here's how it begins. So basically Meredith, honestly, I don't even follow Meredith because what she does is she, the way she does her makeup is she puts a shit ton of foundation on her hands. Like, and I'm not even just foundation. She'll put on like highlighter, foundation, everything, puts it all over her face and then rubs in with her hands. And she uses like a goddamn full bottle of this shit. She rubs it all over. It gets over her lips, her eyes, her eyebrows, everything. And the reason I don't like it is it, it honestly like grosses me out. I don't know why. Like she as a person doesn't gross me out. It's just like the, the amount she uses and the way it looks on her face before she's done, like honestly, like makes me like kind of sick to my stomach. So she's testing out, she sometimes tests out products. And then Bobby Brown just came out with this new foundation bomb. That's what it's called. And she's put up videos of how to use it. And it's really just like, your skin, but better look. And you're only supposed to use a tiny bit. Like she takes a little bit on her finger and just rubs it all over her face, kind of like the same amount, maybe a little bit more than a moisturizer, because the whole point of this is like, it's, it's like tinted, obviously it looks like a foundation and it's supposed to sink into your skin and then leave the color and really even out your skin tone. And Bobby Brown really likes a no makeup makeup look. She works with like mature skin. She's an older woman now. So she likes these light makeup looks. And so this woman, Meredith, tested it out by doing what she does. She put it all over her fingers. She put a goddamn half container on her fingers and rubbed it around. And she's like, guys, it's breaking up. It's breaking up. Then she tried to use a beauty blender. It basically came off her skin and started talking shit on the product. Well, I think people were in her comments like, bitch, you're using this wrong. Like, 
It's not meant to be applied like that. And then she did a second video with an attitude. Girl had an attitude. You know what? TikTok can be ruthless. It's hard when people tell you you're wrong. But you don't give an attitude. So she starts to use it the way it should be used. She's like, um, I don't know if I see a difference. Do you? And you can see like a clear difference. Her skin looks like way better on one side than it does on the other. She's like, mm, I don't know. I mean, I guess it looks fine. And then like, like I'm telling you like attitude. So then Bobby Brown does a funny video and she's like, guys, I learned, I love learning new ways to apply makeup. And I learned one today. She takes two giant scoops of this new foundation of hers and rubs it on her face and just starts like hysterically laughing. So now everyone like beauty talk, just like beauty YouTube was beauty talk is huge. So now everyone's talking about the feud most people are on Bobby Brown's side, as am I. This woman used a product that it was the way, a way it wasn't intended to be used and talked shit on it. And I'll just talk shit on the product. This is queen icon legend Bobby Brown. She paved the way. She's been making makeup since the beginning of time. Okay. She's, reason, she's one of the reasons makeup is popular and the reason you can have this platform. So bold. Bold's all I gotta say. I'm gonna say in this feud, Bobby Brown is winning, um, mostly because Bobby, Br- like I said, like she used it incorrectly. Like this isn't a full coverage foundation. It's literally called a bomb. And now I want to buy it because I, contrary to maybe what some people think, I hate full coverage. And plus, by the time you put on like concealer and bronzer and a little bit of powder and blush, you you're covered. Like I don't need my foundation to be heavy, so I'm kind of I kind of want to try this, but I heard it's expensive. But that's the TikTok drama of the week. Courtney and Travis got married. Kind of bizarre. They got married with MJ present, and I don't know. There was like another old guy there. I didn't even bother looking up who he was. I guess the idea was to get legally married and then MJ can be there. And then I think they want to have a wedding in Italy. I don't know where I just heard that from. So hopefully I'm not just pulling that out of my ass. I did hear it from somebody. I might've heard it from Juicy Scoop, honestly. Um, She wore like a cute, like very, like, I feel like classic old school, like short dress and like a weird veil. He was in this like all black suit and they had like, we're in like a classic car that's a just married on the back, like super fun and cute. And I, again, this wasn't like a huge ceremony. I think it was just them legally getting married so they can go off to another country and actually get married. And I'm, you know, I'm just good for them. I'm happy for them. Thank God. Thank God Scott's, Scott's out of the picture. Thank, thank the Jesus. And finally, we're going to talk about some Kyle Richards and Mauricio blinds. It was on Bravo's snark side. It was on their story and it's down already. I I honestly just didn't even check. They might have a highlight. But basically what it's talking about is that it is very clear to a lot of people that Mauricio and Kyle have an agreement and that Mauricio has been seen many, many, many a times in different cities, different hotels with other women that are not Kyle. Arm around here, holding hands. Um, a lot of women wrote in and said their friend had an encounter with Mauricio. He's very flirty. Some people knew other girls that hooked up with Mauricio. And then there's a wild one about Kyle hooking up with a dude. Like a girl wrote in and was like, my friend hooked up with Kyle, the care guy friend. And then every time she went back to New York for a while, she would text him to hang out. And like, then, then the air, the show aired like a little bit after that. So it was before the show even like premiered originally, but still they've been married forever. So 
it's kind of like, I feel like obvious that something's going, you know, it's life's never that perfect. The people that act like everything's perfect, it's not perfect. Especially these people on these TV shows, like you have to have a certain amount of like narcissism and just like, I want to do whatever I want to do in you to, to be on these shows for that long. And I think with that comes like infidelity. <laughs> But in this case, maybe not even infidelity, just like not monogamy, which, you know, monogamy is not for everybody. I will go to the grave saying that if, if getting off onto someone else every once in a while is good for your marriage, then do it. Especially with someone like them, they've been together like way too long, you know? So maybe, maybe it works for them, but it's just wild because like some of the people were like, I just thought this was common knowledge. Like, I can't believe no one knows this. Um... And no one did. And this is when I get pissed because it also came out, which I've been saying this forever. It came out that like Bravo has certain agreements with certain housewives like Rinna, wink, wink, maybe Kyle, wink, wink, where they can't talk about certain things. So it's probably why we don't talk about the husband. And it's probably why no one knows Mauricio cheats on Kyle, because that's probably written into their contract and it's not worth the network to lose them as housewives because ratings will go down. Personally, I disagree. I think if we have one fucking season where someone brings up all this shit, like void the contract, you idiots. Void the fucking contract. Because if you have one season where we talk about how Harry Hamlin is probably, you know, fucking some dude at the bar down the street and has been for the last 30 years, that's how you get your ratings up. I don't care if Lisa Renna doesn't come back in next season. And you know what? She's a psychopath. She'll definitely come back. So we need, we need this information out there immediately. All right, now let's dive into the shows. Like I said, we are doing a full recap of Welcome to Plathville Season 4, Episode 1. But before we dive into that, I just want to let people know Mama June from Not Da Hot is back. You know, she's she's back. She's allegedly, apparently, not off or not on the meth anymore. She's off the meth. She's trying to leave Gino because he's drinking again. He gained approximately 150 pounds since getting off the meth and the crack, which is what you would assume would happen, I guess. She's still dodging filming. Like, the timelines between filming and different scenes is wild. Like, the show starts and then all of a sudden it's like two months later. And they're like, we haven't talked to Mama June in two months. Meanwhile, Pumpkin's having her second baby. Mama June hasn't even seen her yet. Like, this producer on the show has gotten more screen time than, like, any other producer in the world because she's constantly chasing her ass around all these different towns. But I live for this show. There's something about the rise and fall of Mama June and Honey Boo Boo that is just so fucking fascinating. And this is like truly what pop culture is and how pop culture can bring you up and then fucking chew you up and spit you out and give you meth. Like, this is it. I mean, who would have thought toddlers and tiaras would, would bring us here? So I'm just, I'm just giving everybody a heads up. It's back and you should be watching. Okay, welcome to Plathville is back. I fucking love this show. I mean, for those that don't know my relationship with this show, so season one, fascinating. Absolutely captivating, fascinating, weird. Just exactly what I'm looking for in a TV show. I started to like 
share stories about it with my opinions because I just could not believe it. And that's also kind of where I got the idea just to start the podcast because I had to talk about this shit and everything else, but this was it. And then season two and three were were also good for different reasons. Um, just like about the kids like moving on, the family evolving and growing and doing what they want to do and how the parents react to that. And this season looks wild. I think this season is going to give season one a run for its money. This episode came in hot. There's a lot of unexpected shit happening. And let's, well, let's just dive into it. So, of course, we recap last season. So let's talk about what happened. Ethan and Olivia were in a lot of trouble last season. That was like their season of like, are we getting a divorce? They lived separately for a little bit. Mariah had her band. The mom snuck into her first concert, even when she told her not to, because Olivia was also in the band. Olivia, Ethan, and Mariah moved to Tampa at the end of last season. Max said he was also going to move in with them. Um, Olivia ended up, ended the season by going over to the Plath's house and apologizing, um, which was really actually nice to see. And Micah just disappeared. <laughs> Micah was like, uh, yeah, maybe I'll move to Tampa. And then like in the last episode, they're like, have you talked to like production was like, have you talked to Micah? And they're like, no, well, he moved to California the same time they moved to Tampa. So the filming must've started rather quickly because I think there's only two months in between here. Um, and we kind of know that from like some flashbacks and stuff. So we open up at the Plath house in Cairo with the Queen Lydia singing some church hymns. <laughs> and she's just walking around like she's in a play with a smile on her face, you know, like like fluffing the comforter, making the bed, like twirling around her bedpost. And she's like, in this love, we all got troubles. In this life, we all face heartache. And then she goes, you are my peace. You are my joy. You are, you give me strength. You give me hope. Like, hi. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to mean I love Lydia, but it was hysterical. It was absolutely hysterical. She's just hopping around, singing her hymns, probably a song she made up herself, and then she just hits that fucking falsetto. I wouldn't say hit it, but like she got up there, she tried. So she's singing that, and all of a sudden it gets cut with some hip hop, like like fucking like beatboxing shit. And it cuts to the baby vampires, who I am now going to be start calling the teenage vampires. They're dancing with Mama Plath. They're all in their kitten heels. They're dancing shoes. They're doing like a modernized version of the two-step. Um, Kim's in a short skirt. She got the leg showing. She got, you know, and she's in a tank top. The ladies aren't out. The Tatis aren't out yet. But we're, we're getting there. We're about 10 pounds away from the Tatis being out because she tells us, she thinks she's lost herself in the process of having 10 kids. No shit, Sherlock. I mean, when your life for the last, like, how old's the oldest kid? Like, I don't know, 25, almost 30, probably like 25, 26, whatever, doesn't matter. The last over 20 years, your life has just been consumed with birthing children and taking care of them. Yeah, you start to lose yourself a little bit. So she's taking care of herself. She's going to the gym every day. She's wearing different clothes. She's like, I'm showing more leg because I feel like I can. I think she might have bought herself a hair straightener. Hair looks a lot nicer. She's definitely gotten it cut and styled better. 
Um, she's definitely got some more eyeliner, but I don't hate it. Um, she's contouring. I think she also might have found herself a highlighter, people. I mean, the face, the face is looking more snatched than ever, I will say. So she explains to us what she has in the past, but she reminds us that she danced in college and she really misses it. So she's opening a new dance studio in Cairo. And she's talking about how she's opening this and she, to do this, she's been starting to listen to more music and she's putting playlists together so she can start dancing and choreography and stuff. She's like, I'm hearing songs I haven't heard in decades. Like, this is already wild. This woman hasn't listened to modern music. She hasn't listened to really much of anything over the last 20 some years. Probably more than that, probably since she got like really entangled with Dad Plath. Because they don't even really sometimes let them listen to all like gospel music. It's all has to be very like picked through and the family's into music, but like a lot of it's just them making their own. So imagine like going through life and not listening to any new music or old music. Old music's just as good as new music. Oh my God. I need to find, what if I go on Spotify and I search her name? Hold on a second. What if I can find like playlists that she puts together? Holy shit, this would be amazing. Kim Platt. Oh, I thought I found her, but I didn't. This is definitely going to be something I will be looking looking for in the future. Um then she tells us she used to love listening to the fucking Beastie Boys and Run DMC. Like, what? She's like, I haven't listened to rap since I was young. And she's like, oh, there's new music out there. Yeah, obviously. So we're starting to get a little insight into Mama Plath here. All right. She's, she's talking about her yesteryears. She's talking about how she's finally, you know what? She's probably on Pandora or some shit. Although you can't put playlists together on Pandora. She's on something. But it's like... Not to get like really heady here, but like I feel like that's like art, right? It's like, okay, she wants to dance again. That's a form of art. She starts listen. She probably listened to one fucking song that wasn't a church hymn, and it probably just lit her up on the inside, and that's all she needed. Music can do that to people. I bet. I wonder what the first song she started. It was probably Beastie Boys. Probably took her back to a time. Probably took her back to that college party that she passed out at. And then after that, she decided she needed to be a nun. So I bet you took her back to that party. Because that was probably the best time of her life, if we're being honest here. Dad Plath says she's reestablishing herself with her identity. She has a glow about her. But what degree are the physically change is the are the physical changes affecting her mentally? Is she having a midlife crisis? I don't, it's about that time. I don't know. Like, yeah, she might not be having a midlife crisis, but she's having a crisis because she's literally like, what the fuck? She woke up one day and was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. She's probably like, I blinked and it was 25 years later and my life is boring as fuck. I stopped dancing. I only got three kids left in the house. What happens after that? My husband probably hasn't touched me since the last kid was conceived. Allegedly. I'm sorry. That's a little personal, but she kind of talks about it later. Thing, things aren't, things aren't jiving in the house. Okay. 
She says, I've been a mom and I've been a wife, and now it's time to be me. Amen, bitch. Amen. So it goes to Tampa. So again, it says two months earlier, that's when all the kids moved to Tampa. Um, and they start asking them how it's like to live together again, Olivia and Ethan. Ethan's like, it's a little awkward because we were apart. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, like we're together again. And Olivia says Ethan kind of turned back into like a bachelor when they lived separately and like forgot what it meant to like clean up and take care of things. I mean, he's ruining her towels with some grease. Like, he's using her nice bathroom towels to change the oil in the car. And, like, towels are expensive, people. Towels are expensive. And you know what else would be infuriating is if she had those nice towels and got them on as a deal. Got them on sale. Being an adult is just realizing how fucking expensive dumb shit is. I've been looking at towels myself. Not that cheap. And you don't want cheap ones because they shed and they're, they're weird. Have you seen the cost of a trash can lately? I, that's something if you have not like owned like your own, I don't know, like rented an apartment or been in the same place for a really long time and haven't had to replace anything. If I challenge you to go look at some trash cans. Okay. They're at least a hundred dollars for a fucking trash can that have been around since the beginning of time. It's a fucking stupid thing with a lid that you have to also then buy bags for. And they're expensive. So I get her frustration with that 100%. Um, She starts walking around. Olivia asks Mariah if she wants coffee, like, through the door. She doesn't even open it. And then asks her if she wants to do dishes. And, of course, Mariah says no. And then they show the dishes. And this is triggering. It is a sink full of dishes. I mean, I don't have a dishwasher. So I guess it's clear that they also don't have a dishwasher. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not worth it. It's not what you think it's going to be worth it. It's not worth it. Just like look down the street. The odds of a house not having a dishwasher are so much lower than the odds of it having one that like if you find one that doesn't have a dishwasher, just look for another five minutes for another house. It's my least favorite chore to do, and it is I have PTSD from growing up in a house with two disgusting sisters, two parents, too much food, not enough cabinet space, no dishwasher, and no garbage disposal, and my gross fucking sisters would always put food in the sink, and then you'd have, then it'd get soggy, and then you'd have, I'd have to dig the fucking food out of the fucking drain with my hands and then the sink would always clog and then but it was always full of dishes and then my sister would bring out dishes that were in her room for approximately probably two months the milk would be coagulated in cups shit would stink i was the queen of letting it soak everything had to soak if it was bigger than a cereal bowl it's soaking sorry couldn't couldn't really get my elbow grease into it i always said that like when my dad would ask me to do dishes or something, like I will clean the entire house. I will vacuum. I will dust. I will do everything in this fucking house. I do not want to do the dishes. So just, just a little tidbit about me. I, I hate doing the dishes, but I'd also be really pissed if someone else didn't do them. Um, so Olivia's brother, Nathan also moved in with them. Nathan's pretty cute, pretty cute. And he's 18. So no worries. He's just like this tall, lanky kid. You can definitely kind of tell they're related by like this, like they both have this nervous laugh. Um, He told his parents the night before he left that he was moving, which is 
great. He grew up, they grew up like the Plas, which we knew. So we kind of gave like a little background and he just kind of wanted to see what else is out there. See, you know, do something new with himself. But Olivia tells us he's pretty quiet. He keeps to himself around the house. And he helps around the house, but he's just really independent and reserved. And he, she, Olivia says he's not always out here making as big of a mess as other people in the house. And that's the thing. These people are a mess. The Plaths if you, are a mess because Lydia did everything for them. And Ethan's like, Mariah is Mariah. She lives in a pigsty, as my mom would say. It's, everything's always a pigsty. We could have had... There's maybe one thing on the floor. My mom says it's a pigsty in here. And that's, I mean, Mariah just gives me anxiety the way she lives in filth. So, and she doesn't do any chores. She never has. And this is definitely the worst part about roommates. And here's going to be my next bit of advice. So first, go look for trash cans. Two, don't ever, ever roommate. (laughs) Actually, I kind of take that back. I feel like, and I hate to say shit like this, for the most part, guys can coexist because they don't fucking care. Because they're disgusting. And girls are disgusting in a different way. Girls are disgusting in a way that, like, you can go into a girl's bathroom and see hair everywhere and makeup caked on everything and just, like, kind of understand. It's not gross. You get it. You can go into their bedroom, open their closet, and see a pile of dirty clothes. You get it. We, we understand. But, like, girls typically like to be a little clean. You know, like, they don't want fucking mold growing in their kitchen and that's where guys actually i think feel like don't care that's what i mean i still have flashbacks to college parties where the toilet looked like there looked like the toilet water was just black it's disgusting so they started talking about max and max was supposed to move with him with them and he, but he just kept making excuses like every like oh max is supposed to come this week but then he'd make up an excuse as to why he couldn't make it And eventually he just didn't come and they're not together. And Mariah is really the only person that knows what happened. She won't tell anybody. She won't talk about it. So she's just been like in a depression bubble for a while. And she won't do the chores or open her door. So Ethan takes something out of her car so she can't drive it until she does the dishes. And she's pissed. She didn't take the prank well. She's not in a good fucking mood. So then we go to Micah. He's living in California and we are just quickly reminded that Micah is beautiful. He is a beautiful person. I'm going to go and say he's a beautiful person inside and out. He moved there about two months ago. He starts talking about the traffic. He just can't believe how long it takes to get from from point A to point B. He said he's gotten lost in the parking garages before because he's never been in a parking garage that big. (laughs) But I mean, good for him. Like he's going for it. Like, no fear. He knows he's in a huge fucking city. I mean, I would be scared to move there. Um, We meet Hayden, which is Micah's friend. They met in Georgia when Hayden was, like, just vacationing there. And he just, like, kind of gives us, like, again, just a recap of, like, his life. He knew nothing about pop culture. Didn't know who the Hulk was. Like, didn't know who anything, what anything was. And then he now he's, like, dropped into California, like, in the world of pop culture. They start talking about weed and how it's legal out there. He says, you know, I've experimented with weed several times. And I told my mom, she doesn't care. Her mom used to grow it. And at this point, I audibly gasped. And so did the producer behind the camera. And they're like, what? She's like, yeah. 
I mean, he's like, I don't think my mom smoked weed in years, but yeah. Kim, we need to get you out of there. Has she had like a like? Has she been hypnotized? I'm I'm now convinced she's been like hypnotized, brainwashed, a la Scientology, and she is starting to come out of the shell. We need her fully out. Like she used to like fully live her life, listening to Beastie Boys, smoking weed, dancing around. So he tells us that he's taking acting lessons. He's still modeling. And they ask him about dating in California and how it compares to dating in Cairo. And he goes, well, there's a bigger variety of girls. He's like, shoot, there's boys that look like girls out here. And gives like a smile. He's like, you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> and honestly, like, it's just so pure and like innocent that like, he's not, you know, he's not being like nasty about it. Like he's actually, I think being like very open-minded about it. All things considered, you know, they were raised to probably believe certain things. And he, these kids that have left the house have been so like LGBTQ a plus positive. It's been so like, actually like just nice and like pos and just like comforting to see. That, like, these kids were raised a certain way, and but they just chose to have, like, their own, like, ideology about people and about things, and they're just nice humans, so, like, they just treat everyone with respect, and, like, they're just so sweet. Um, and so the producer's like, would you go on a date with a boy that looks like a girl if the person clicked with you? And he honestly thinks about it. He's like, he's like, I, uh, he's like, it would have to be determined. I'm not sure. And bravo to him. Great answer. Great answer. Most people would say, you know, probably not. It's just, you know, I have nothing against it. It's just not for me. No. He's like, you know what? I've tried everything else in this goddamn city. Let's try something else. I love him. So he explains that he's living rent free. He probably says that too because, like, he's in LA or California. I don't know where they're at in California, but like, it's not cheap to live there. He's basically house-sitting Hayden's friend, like, something like that. And, like, they're house-sitting and taking care of all their pets and stuff. So they're just letting them live in that house for free for a while because, like, the people that live there are out doing something else. We then meet Mike, who's another friend. He said he grew up in the hoods of San Francisco. He's very guarded. And when he first met Micah, he was, like, on the defense and just, like, didn't know what to think about him because, you know, he's very showy. He's, like, he had a tank top on and his muscles out. You know, he likes to show it off. But... Obviously, just like everyone else, grew to love Micah, someone he can trust. And um, they just started all talking while they're working out outside. And like they start talking about sketches and acting. And we learned that Micah doesn't know what SNL is. And he is really trying to catch up on some stuff. He's like, I'm really trying to watch a lot more things. And I'm really trying to learn a lot more about pop culture. Which I can, it might sound like stupid, but like I can totally get it. Like, that is how people relate nowadays, like talking about pop culture, talking about what's in the news, talking about movies, talking about even like classic movies or classic actors or actors. Like that's how a lot of people connect. And again, especially in California. So I kind of like, I think it's great that he's like trying to like, you know, build that up in his brain, considering he didn't even know who Spider-Man was. And he does say he still doesn't watch Harry Potter and they just like just about die. Which I will say, if you're going to catch up on something, catch that. But he also doesn't strike me as someone that likes to sit inside. He doesn't seem like a Netflix and chill kind of guy. He seems like a like rollerblading, surfing, mountain climbing, chill kind of guy. 
So then we go back to Tampa. Ethan fixes uh, Mariah's car. She has a meltdown. She's just in a bad space. She's not happy. You can tell. She gets in her car, drives away. Dishes are still dirty. So I'm worried about those dishes. I mean, that sink, that sink was fucking full. And it didn't look like those dishes had room to soak either. So it's full. And you know that food is dried and crusted on there. So she's in her car. Like I said, she looks so cute. She has like this like pinky silvery hair. She's on pink lipstick. She's in leather from head to toe, which I love all black. She takes her guitar to the water, starts singing a sad song, strumming the guitar. And I mean, she's good. So the producers ask her like in her like diary, whatever, what happened between her and Max. She said, Max called her and said, I've made a mistake. But she's not going into detail. She's not talking about it to anybody because she says when she talks about it, it becomes real. And she's been in a dark place ever since. Now, there is a rumor out there that, like, it's really not much that has occurred here. Okay? I could be wrong. Like, we could watch this season and be totally wrong. But there's a lot out there that are saying, like, it's not the classic cheating that we think about. I think it's, like he talked to another girl or something like it's very elementary i think very emotionally immature now don't get me wrong people view different cheating as different things like i understand there can be like emotional cheating but like that also takes a long time like that takes like emotion to me to be emotionally have an emotional affair that takes weeks months even to occur Like, I think just exchanging a DM or a conversation or something with somebody else isn't necessarily cheating. And it surely isn't something that should, like, evoke this intense, intense emotion. Like, this bitch is not well. As Dorinda Medley would say, not well, bitch. Not well. Okay, we just took a little detour because in the middle of my notes, I remembered that someone commented on my TikTok. Honestly, the TikTok is wild. Like, I am so grateful for my TikTok following because they know shit. Um, they said Max put out a YouTube video again. It's weird. Like, I feel like I'm so into this stuff, but then at the same time, it's because I'm, I like get info from other people. Does that mean I'm lazy? I don't know. I also think it means if I researched everything I was obsessed with that I would actually get fired from my job because I wouldn't get anything done. So he put out a YouTube video, Max did, and I just watched it quickly. It's like 20 minutes. (laughs) I like skipped through a lot of it because in the beginning, he basically talks about how he was really pressured to move in there. And he realized like he must have realized this like towards the end of filming, because, again, there's only like a two month gap in between when they move and when this filming starts. He said he didn't realize that he wasn't over so much of his trauma growing up, physical abuse. Um, it was starting to come up again. So he went to therapy, which like good fucking for him, like growing up in families like this and his and the Platts and Olivia's family. like. They don't always like talk about therapy as an option. So he went through like this intensive therapy. He also was consulting Kim on what to do. And Kim was like, live your life, do what makes you happy for you, which is good advice to give anybody. But at the same time, I'm thinking like Kim is, Kim's living her life. Kim's like, honestly, like for Mariah's sake, Kim's the worst person to go get advice from because she's going to be like, yeah, bitch, go out there, live your life. Do what you want to do. Don't be held down by a relationship so young. Like, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, like, I'm 
good for Kim. Like that is not, that is no shade to anybody. It's just hilarious that like she's the one he went to and she's also going through like a crisis of her own of like wanting to like go do more fun things. He then said he didn't want to move in because he just wasn't that close with Ethan and Olivia and he felt like very uncomfortable around them still. If you remember last season, they weren't comfortable around each other. Ethan and Olivia didn't trust him at all. They made dinner very awkward. They like, it took a while for them to all get together and meet. And I mean, Ethan and Olivia were having their own issues, but it still was uncomfortable for him. So I don't blame him. Like they didn't start hanging out until the end of the season. So why would he want to go live in a house with these two people that he doesn't even feel warmth from? So I actually don't think that that this big, that that's that big of a deal. He could have just told Mariah that, but it seemed like he was going through so much shit that he was like, that's was probably like not something he felt comfortable saying. And then, okay. So I might've lied. I'm not lied. I might've gotten some wrong info or I'm going to blame. I listened to reality gaze and they might have wrong info. Um, or again, this is all just like, maybe he can't give every detail because of the show. I don't know. But he said he was his friend's wingman one night. He invited a girl over that he really liked and he was a wingman And Max said he crossed boundaries that they had preset him and Mariah. But then you're like, okay, so maybe that's like, maybe he had his arm around her or something. Maybe a boundary was like, just don't be with any girl alone in a room. You know, maybe that's a boundary. He goes, I mean, no one got naked or anything. No one had sex. You, that's two things. You can do a lot of shit. You can do a lot of fucking shit with clothes on or half clothes on or something unzipped and you can also do a lot of stuff that probably isn't considered sex he seems like the type of person that like doesn't consider oral sex sex or like cheating (laughs) so now i'm like well shit did homie like make out with a girl so again he could be leaving out that detail because that is what is going to clearly be on the show this season we know that from like the preview for the season they're going to talk about it but by him leaving it out in that like little like YouTube video he posted, it makes it seem like it's so much worse. So kind of crazy. I mean, like I said, good for him. He's getting therapy. He's getting help. He's living his life. He's not like he just should have been more honest with Mariah because it seems like he might have been leading her on a bit when he was trying to figure all this stuff out. And honestly, Kim Plath, bravo for giving advice. But like, holy shit. So like I said, Mariah is in a dark, dark place. She said she feels worthless. Um, and honestly, the song she's singing is kind of fire and I think it should be on Spotify, but it's just another reminder season after season. It's another reminder that these kids don't know. And I know I call them kids, but it's just like, I just like, don't know what else to call them. Um, they don't know how to process emotions. They don't know how to talk through emotions. So instead Mariah has locked herself in her bedroom for weeks. So then we go to Olivia and Ethan rollerblading. It's like a fun couple moment. And I'm always reminded that I have a pair of rollerblades. They're really cute. I was when I was in the beginning of COVID and I was on the rollerblade TikTok. Um, I need to practice. It's such an embarrassing thing to do alone. I have like knee pads and shit, which that's not even the embarrassing part because actually a lot of people wear those because no one wants to fuck up their wrists and shit. But my center of gravity is really high. And I don't want to go into the summer with a broken wrist. It's, It's our first like normal fucking summer. And I don't know if I want to have a cast on. And I'm a sweaty person. That cast will be rank if after a while. So I need to practice my rollerblading. But it's then Thanksgiving. Ethan says they never celebrated Thanksgiving growing up. Him and Olivia have obviously celebrated it together. But that's like it. 
Um, and Olivia and her brother are doing everything. They're making homemade bread. They're fucking cleaning the house. She, the brother is peeling potatoes. This would drive me crazy. Ethan and Mariah are outside in the garage not doing shit. Mariah's literally like pretending. She's like, I don't want to go inside because they're going to make me help cook. Bitch, they're cooking a feast. Go help them. I mean, Nathan seems like an angel sent from heaven. He seems like a sweet baby angel. He's probably like, sure, I guess I'll be on TV a little bit, but as long as I don't have to talk that much, that's fine. Like Nathan is basically like, so he's in like the diet, like the, his confessional thing. And he's like basically saying you lazy motherfuckers, but he's doing all of it through like a joke and a smile. But like, you know, you know, he lays in bed at night and it's like these motherfuckers. It's like, I've peeled 24 fucking potatoes for those mashed potatoes. I fucking took the leaf blower and cleaned outside for 45 minutes today. I did the dishes that Mariah didn't do. Like, you know, that's what he's thinking. And he's just trying because all just to get out, all to just get out of his weird fundy house. And I think this is pretty rude that they don't help. Like, this is giving me very much Sierra and Paige from Summer House vibes. Like, it's no longer, it's not funny. Once you reach a certain age, it's not funny. It's not cute. It's not a personality trait to be fucking lazy and to be a slob when you live with people. If you want to do that in your own place, in the own rent, you only want paying rent, totally fine. But you have roommates. So, and like, I just, and I just can't relate. I would hate knowing it's like, I mean, most people are like this. I hate to bring everything back to like the Catholic school, but it is like the Catholic school scariness in me, knowing that if someone is doing something and I'm not helping do it, there's going to be repercussions for that, whether in this life or the next. If I don't help cook the Thanksgiving meal, something's happening to me. Something down the line is going to happen to me. And so just me watching that was kind of infuriating. And then that scene ends with Micah comes to surprise Mariah and she's very happy. So they invited Micah to come to for Thanksgiving in hopes to cheer Mariah up because him and Mariah are really close. Like they're the ones that like were the closest growing up. They moved out of the house together and just kind of figure out what the fuck's going on. So she's giving him the tour of her room. Her room looks surprisingly clean. Thank God. Thank God. And couldn't have handled it. She even has a shoe organizer in her closet. She does have a huge ring light and which I would like. I need to upgrade mine. I also just need a new phone. My videos look like trash. I need a better selfie camera. And like you have to use the selfie for TikToks because you have to press the button. So it's like, I need an upgrade. Micah asks, I'm sorry, I'm drinking these fucking ranch waters and I'm burping every five seconds. But if you even had the Tobo Chico ranch waters, they're pretty good. Pretty fucking good. Um, so Micah asks about Max and Mariah immediately just starts sobbing. Micah's just so sweet. He's like, can I ask what happened? But she really can't talk. She's just really upset. And he hugs her and he's like, we don't have to talk about it. And he's just shocked that this all happened. Everyone's pretty shocked this has happened because all they knew were things were great, great, great. And then they weren't. And then Mariah just like shut down, didn't tell anybody. So then we go back to Kim's studio. Now I used to shudder when the Plath, the, when Kim Plath came on the screen. Now when Mama Plath's on the screen, I'm ripping and roaring to go because she's going to give us some bit of information that is going to excite me. I'm going to take back every fucking TikTok I've ever made. I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not afraid to say I was wrong. I mean, I was right at the time, but shit, prove me wrong, bitch. Prove me wrong, please. She's stretching at the bar in her studio. She's like, she threw her goddamn foot up there. Like it was nothing. The flexibility is still there, people. She's still got it. She's sliding all around the bar. She's like, this is nice. It doesn't move. Doesn't slide. It's solid. 
And I'm like, hmm, that seemed a little, seemed a little pornographic, you know? So she wants to do ballet. She wants to do morning stretch classes, which honestly sounds nice. I could go for a morning stretch class with for my lazy ass. And she wants to do belly dancing. She has fucking like little things with bells on them. I mean, this is wild. Dad Plath and Isaac come in to the studio. They're going to drop off some furniture for her and help set up the rest of the bar. Um, and she says, tells us that she told Barry that she just really needs this studio. It means a lot to her. He explained to her, she explained to him what it means to her and he gave her the go ahead. Now you have to remember people like this, they live a life of poverty. They got cash in the bank. They're rich. They're rich, honey. Um, they have the Airbnb of the farm. They've always Airbnb that farm, according to people that live in the town. Like they haven't lived on that farm in a while. Like even in season one, it came out that like that wasn't necessarily their permanent residence for a de- for some time. Now they did live there. Like it's not like that was like a made up place that they lived. They did live there, but they had like another place that they would also live, and then they would rent. They rent that out for like weddings and stuff, which they kind of talked about. I think last season. So they have money and they don't do shit. They don't buy anything, you know? So it's like save, save, save. So they have money to buy the, like something like a ballet studio. And she says buy. I wonder if they're renting it, but she says she bought this space. Um, she tells us again how she was just always home, always pregnant, always nursing, always homeschooling. And that was her choice. But now the kids are growing up and moving out. And she's realizing what life looks like with just three children at home. And she wants to know what her life in general is going to look like. Um, this is like, honestly, like, this is like anxiety inducing to me. Like, like just knowing that like you wake up one day and I understand this, this is like probably the definition of a midlife crisis, but like, I just don't think that's what this is. I think this is like, she just like had time to breathe finally. Like people underestimate the, I mean, not people, probably just men (laughs) underestimate what it is to raise a kid, let alone 10 in a row. Like she probably finally just had time to breathe and take it and take a deep breath and look back on her life and looked at what she accomplished. And yeah, she has all these kids and they could be considered accomplishments, but like not like what are her accomplishments for herself? And half the kids fucking can't stand her. Well, I guess just one now, but like Micah and Mariah have come around, but they were like on the outs as well for a little bit there. So here you are, you dedicate your whole life to raising kids in a way that you want to raise them. And then to find that half as they get older, they just start to like kind of resent you and ditch you so that like now you can't even view your children as like great accomplishments because they fucking hate you. Like, yeah, I would be, I would be having a same Kim moment as well. So dad Plath is like, Kim is ambitious with what she wants to accomplish, but there is that feeling that something is going on in our relationship that it is not good, but I don't fully understand what's going on. I can tell you what's going on, Barry. Like you're a boring old man and she wants to fucking belly dance. Okay. That's what's going on here. She wants to open a Spotify app. She wants to know who Lil Nas X is. Okay. That's what's going on here. So she tells us, she goes, I'm rethinking everything. She says she's been journaling. We love a journaling queen. Okay. We love her. And she tells us, she reads an excerpt from her journal that I am going to read. And it is chilling, chilling people. She goes, I'm hurting so much. I can hardly stand it. I'm sick to my stomach, unsettled. And my heart aches for something more. 
I long for excitement, passion, and true intimacy. That means Barry's not doing his fucking job. Let's be honest here. Maybe I would be better off to live life as if everything is okay and hope for the best. But at the same time, I feel dead inside. Dead inside. Are you kidding? She didn't say that, but that's like my reaction to that. I feel so lonely, isolated, disconnected. And even as I write this, I want to cry, but tears won't come. Holy shit, Kim. Holy shit. She wants to make some fucking changes. See, this is what I have a theory and I know this is gross and it's TMI and it's none of my fucking business, but people, these fundies families, you know, their whole thing is you just have sex to procreate. That's why they end up having a million kids because when they want to get it on, they end up just getting fucking pregnant because that is the only reason they should be having sex and they're always in a fucking cycle of fertility. So that just happens. And I'm not saying this is everything. She obviously wants to have like a career and a passion with dancing and stuff, but like she probably wants to fucking have sex with her husband. And he's like, no, we shouldn't have any more children. So, you know, stores closed. Like, because she talks about so much intimacy and shit. And then there's a preview for the season. And she's like, you know, I've been telling you about this for years and you've been ignoring me. So it's his fucking fault. She's been behind the scenes. You know what? I I take everything back. She seems like. She was like the leader of the pack. Dad Plath loved to come across as like the nice guy and he just listened to whatever mom said. No. If she's telling him for years now that things aren't well and she wants something different, he's ignoring her. Uh, A big F you, Papa Plath. I said I wasn't going to call him creepy Dad Plath yet until he pissed me off. And, you know, we're still not there yet. Now I'm just making assumptions. But he's an episode away from being called creepy, creepy Dad Plath again. Mama Plath is no longer Pig Mom Plath. I take that back. She seems like she's on a road to recovery. She's Mama Plath. I did get a DM a few weeks ago that I didn't share because it was when I shared the DM about the unexpected thing. And I was like, you know what? I'm not out here to ruin lives. And it seemed weird to me. A girl DM me and said she's close with Lydia and actually stayed with the family for a bit. And she told me they're getting divorced. (laughs) Full-blown they're getting divorced. And I said, like, wait, are you serious? Like, I just can't see them getting divorced. And I still can't. I think, well, maybe after this episode, I can. I don't know. But I think if anything would hold true in Kim's faith of this moment, it's like the like sacrament of marriage. Like that divorce is some just def is the least is the bottom option, you know? So I was like, okay, maybe they're having troubles. Maybe they're separating, but like, I just can't see them getting divorced. So I didn't share it mostly just because I had a hard time believing it myself. But after watching the previews and I don't even think it's like a storyline. Like I thought it was going to be like, okay, they're going to play it up. No, I mom Plath, mom Plath is on a mission to get that dance studio. So that's the recap of Welcome to Plathful episode one. I don't know if I'll do full recaps on every episode. It really just depends how good the season is. This first episode to me was really, really good. So I wanted to recap it. Um, But yeah, I am fucking pumped for this season. Shit is hitting the fan in all directions. Okay, now it's time for the witchy shit. We are entering Gemini season. We're going to fucking talk about it. By the way, did you see the eclipse the other day? 
It's pretty cool. Full moon. Now I did hear, so just like for some advice, like we shouldn't be manifesting with this full moon. And I know it was the other day, but we still feel the energy. Full moon in Scorpio, that's not the moon you want to manifest with. And an eclipse, not not what you want to manifest with. You want to kind of maybe like collect your thoughts, relax, maybe think about things you want to like release, but we're not manifesting anything here, people. No. But we're here to talk about Gemini season. It's arriving May 20th. I love Geminis. I find myself surrounding myself with Geminis. Geminis and Aries typically get along. Geminis an air sign. Aries is in a fire sign. And the air just stokes me, you know? You know what I'm saying? I kind of, you know, while some people think the two personalities is insane, and it is, I think I kind of, for whatever reason, I thrive on it. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why I like it. I don't know why... There can be times of psychosis, but then three seconds later, you know, it's literally the it's literally the Sour Patch Kid. Gemini's are Sour Patch Kids in real life. They're sweet, or they're sour, and then they're sweet all day, every day. So I just like them. So here we go. We're in Gemini season. So what we're going to talk about is like what to expect, and then like for your sign, and then maybe like things we can do during Gemini season, like that will really like utilize the energy that's in the air. Okay, got most of this information from Bustle. They always have good ones. Um, Overall, when the sun moves into Gemini, you can count on a buzzing social life and deep conversations. Um, It's ruled by the third house of communication. So Gemini season is bursting with carefree vibes, encouraging us to go with the flow, search for deeper meanings, speak your truth. With Mars entering its home sign in Aries on May 24th, You should expect a burst of confidence and inspiration to take action on big ideas that have been culminating this year. Venus, the planet of money and love, will enter Taurus on May 28th, sprinkling in plenty of time for romance and helping you find creative ways to work smarter, not harder. And all those things, although things will feel a little bit shaky during the final days of Mercury's backspin, it's in retrograde, the dramatics will cool off when it finally ends the retrograde on June 3rd and equilibrium will be restored and you'll be able to really crush your goals all right um and then when it's livening up your social life or getting you to think outside the box gemini season has plenty of air magic to go around and so for we're going to go over a little tidbit for each zodiac sign and how you'll be affected by gemini season for aries with mercury retrograde causing mischief until june 3rd it's a good idea to tread lightly during conflict and avoid responding impulsively hmm I think I've already messed that one up since miscommunication is on the rise. Landing in your third house, new friends are set to manifest quickly for you this Gemini season. Practice listening to them as much as you can speak and they could become your greatest teachers. I need, I need listening tips. Taurus, money is on your mind all Gemini season long. Since Gemini is notorious for their quick wit and moving swiftly through life, you may find yourself retiring your tendency to take things slow. Slow and steady wins the race. But this season, you might change your mind about a certain revenue stream. Be extra mindful of your spending, but avoid burning out by taking much-needed breaks. Gemini. With Gemini season amplifying your cleverness and curiosity, you could find yourself in interesting places. Um, Next month is basically a green light to express yourself and take on big ideas that have come to you recently. If there's ever a time to write your memoir, uh, this is it. And the sun is transiting your first house, so ground yourself into your body and reflect on what it's saying to you. Cancer, Gemini season will be picking up the pace for you in areas of spirituality and subconscious. If there are any manifestations you've yet to receive, they may start to materialize now. You may want to pay attention 
to messages of your dreams. Keep a journal by your bed, journal when your dreams are over. Your dreams are one of the most fertile places for conversations to take place. Listen to your subconscious and it will change your mind. Leo, whether it's organizing an outing or reaching out to old friends, Gemini season is charging your social batteries. However, since Mercury retrograde is shaking things up, communication between friends may feel like treading water. Remember to practice patience. Navigating your community could be fickle this Gemini season. The sun will be transiting your 11th house though, so speak your truth anyway and you will see and be seen by those who matter most. Virgo, your work life is the center of Gemini season. Ugh, so expect things to pick up. Ew. Whether it's more career opportunities or brushing shoulders with new people on a professional level. Rather than your typical meticulous ways, Gemini season is activating new ways to maximize your productivity at your job. Virgos work harder than most, but your 10th house of career might require more patience than normal this Gemini season. Remember to breathe and acknowledge that this is helping you find your place in the world. Libra, with Gemini season moving into your area of travel and philosophy, you may feel extra curious to explore new heights. Fellow air sign Gemini is asking you dig deeper and question everything. You're going places this Gemini season. You've got a destination circled on a map, but reaching it will likely require flexibility. Notice that even detours can be beautiful. That said, you may want to wait until the end of Mercury retrograde to finalize travel. Scorpio, Do you have any leftover grievances from eclipse season? If so, Gemini season is introducing an ideal time to finally release what's holding you back. You're always ready to go deep, but especially with the sun transiting your eighth house, you'll learn that discussing endings is not the same as experiencing them. Resources might be diverted, but perhaps it's for your own good. Sagittarius, pay attention to your relationships because Gemini season is reminding you to take stock and ensure those you surround yourself with are supportive of your big ideas and need for independence. Your whole life is a big adventure, but one of them is culminating this Gemini season, landing in your 11th house. Witness how committed partnerships have informed the journey so far. Capricorn, Gemini season is shaking up your habitual routines. This unpredictable air sign energy of the season may make you feel on edge, but you may benefit from absorbing the social vibe, especially if you've been working extra hard this year. Gemini season highlights your sixth house and how you prioritize supporting people. A few wires might get crossed, but recommitting to a personal health routine should help you. Aquarius, Gemini season is heating up your intimacy and pleasure sectors, and it's an amazing time to embrace all the fun. It is getting hot in here, and a spring fling might be around the corner. Wowie! Uh, Don't be afraid to make the first move. It doesn't have to last forever, but you may regret not taking a chance. And you definitely need your space and relationships, but a little flirting will be harmless fun. And then finally, Pisces, prepare to get your feelings, prepare to get into your feelings during Gemini season. The twins are spending time in your home and family sectors, so you may feel extra wistful and sentimental right now. You're focused on your family this Gemini season, and they're focused on you too. And if you found this year to be tough so far, it may inspire you to get back to your roots, whether by visiting an old family home or getting them together for a game night. By paying attention to your fourth house of home, you'll begin to understand your past, which is also a smart way of engaging your future. So that's how we can all take on this Gemini season based off of your sun sign. Um, Next, I'm just going to go over some six tips on like how to get through the season, things to do. One is use the buddy system. So during this season, we attract relationships, um, whether you seek out people whose skills and qualities balance yours, or you just connect with people on a romantic level. 
Either way, find those like connections and relationships and really embrace them. Number two, play the role of super connector. Introduce people that you suspect could hit it off. Whether you think they could romantically hit it off, you want your both like two groups of friends to come together and have fun together. Either way, if you're thinking about like connecting people together, do it. Speak what's on your mind. Um, we talked about that earlier. Just get it all get it all out there. It's a good time to not keep anything in. Explore your hometown happenings. Um, you know, go to like the regular boutiques, go around your town, just kind of explore and get comfortable with the flow of the place that you live and the place that you frequent, you know, and the place that you love to, you know, go out with your friends and everything. Just keep exploring that in Gemini season. Don't be a hermit like me. Um, upgrade your transportation. During Gemini season, give your wheels a tune up or even an upgrade. So if you're in the, I mean, if you're in the market for a new car, there you go. And feed your head, listen, read books, listen to podcasts, take in information from all types of media. We'll, we're all curious and hungry for information. So just really hone into that. Now it's time for Witch of the Week. Wow. This week is the, the witch of this week is the winner of the TikTok feud. And that is Bobby Brown. I think she... I mean, like I said earlier, she's queen icon legend of the beauty industry. She's been making makeup since the beginning, top-notch makeup, and I think she handled this feud beautifully and really just destroyed the influencer in the best way possible. So I just want to give it up to Bobby Brown for, you know, as a woman, like making waves and like really putting her like fingerprint into the world of the makeup industry i i think i read somewhere that like she had her bobby brown makeup line which we all recognize and she sold that and she like couldn't it was like the typical thing of like she can't use her name moving forward she couldn't make makeup for decades it was like all in like the contract of the buyout and now she's finally making makeup again it's called joan i think jones road i haven't tried anything yet but i just think she's like actually super inspiring because she's still in the game she's been in the game forever and now she's fucking taken down gen z I mean, I think this woman is actually a millennial, but I don't want to claim her. So thank you, Bobby Brown, for being a beautiful makeup wearing witch. Okay, guys, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. It was like a little bit of a long, I don't know, it felt longer than what it is, I guess. But I hope you guys enjoyed the recap. I hope you enjoyed the news. As usual, please, please, please share this with your friends. Share it on like your stories. You tag me. My Instagram's realitywitch underscore. Go to my website, realitywitch.com. You can find all my socials on there, all my episodes. So if you have trouble finding my TikTok or my Instagram, just go to realitywitch.com. Super easy. Um, give me a rating and review. I always love reading them and I really, really do appreciate every time I get a new one. I don't have that many and I need more. Steal phones. Take phones out of the out of people's hands and just find my podcast rating and give it back. But as usual, thank you for joining this pop culture coven and I'll see you next week. Love you. Bye.